0: And we are back to discuss more Mandalorian and holy shit! I, I'm sorry, like right before we were talking, <laughs> right before we started recording, like I was trying to keep my containment. Oh my god! What if a, we, what a if, hype I mean, episode. I knew
1: like what, like going through it, I was just especially at the end, you know, I thought, man, if last week was was y this week was uh, took it to the next level of, of, of fan service
0: last week wasn't as fan servicey as this one that ending though when ahsoka asks the uh the magic yeah. magistrate or whatever her name is like when when ahsoka asked where is so-and-so i, was, I literally like
1: you you had to, you had to go change your pants i understand several
0: times My
1: God! Um, oh. so I, I mean uh maybe i don't know if when we're gonna get into spoilers because because i you know i i obviously want to ask you about that the the ending um but uh i don't know but yeah go, go into the um the uh, the description of, of, of what happened really quickly
0: so the mandalorian and the child arrive at the city of uh, caladan on the planet corvus to find the population living in fear of the city's magistrate a morgan a very a very,
1: very chinese esque uh city the architect I mean, very, yes um, yeah
0: it reminds me of um, a lot of the like way... the old like kung fu movies Especially like some, a lot of the scenes where like the main character will will literally face off against the boss and the henchman, yeah. in, like a, almost
1: like a so western type of way. There, there's there's a city in southern China called Dali, which is um, in in Yunnan Province, and it kind of is most famous for having um, the this certain type of, of roof, um, and it was used in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but mm. it's kind of the the most. Um, Chinese-esque looking city, but because it's it's the go-to one, it's now kind of how everybody in the West imagines China, even though it's kind of just this one city. But uh, but um, uh, so it kind of has you know this very stereotypical uh you know uh, Chinese feel. Um, the her inner sanctum temple, the the roundness was very much like the, the the temple of heaven in in Beijing, but. On a, on a smaller scale the the rounded aspect to it was uh, was very uh was very uh striking but it, you know it's beautiful beautiful set yeah beautiful, beautiful set i just
0: hated the lighting obviously the planet is supposed mm. to be very industrialized because she's taking advantage of it yeah she ruined it yeah i wish i just wish we could have seen like a bit more of how really nice this set would have looked
1: Right. I mean, the, the set outside of the walls, it looked like the last page of the Lorax, <laughs> you know, after all the trees are right. cut down. Yeah. I don't know how those animals were still surviving, those huge dinosaurs on the planet. Yeah, they eat
0: branches, whatever, you know, they they eat trees, yeah, whatever. Uh, but uh, the city's population is living in fear of the city's magistrate, Morgan Elsbeth and her guards, including Mm -hmm. a hired mercenary named Lang. Uh, Elsbeth offers to give the Mandalorian a spear of Beskar steel in exchange for killing Ahsoka Tano. The Mandalorian finds Ahsoka outside the town and presents the child to her. Using the Force, Ahsoka determines that the child's name is Grogu and that he had been training as a Jedi before the rise of the Empire. She agrees to continue his training if the Mandalorian helps defeat Elsbeth.
1: And that that, that particular point explains a lot because... Everybody's like, "Oh, are, are are the Yoda species just born with the ability to use the Force?" And the answer is no. Um, I mean, they're they're born with midichlorians, uh, but the, there is some sort of training. And so this is the new thing to find out that actually, baby Yoda, baby Grogu, um, was actually training. He was he was old enough to to start training, uh, and that's why he can use the Force. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, They overpower the guards, free the citizens, and the Mandalorian kills Lang. Ahsoka confronts Elspeth and demands to know the whereabouts of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Afterwards, Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu due to his close attachment to the Mandalorian. Instead, she directs them to the ancient temple on the planet Tython, I think I said that right, where Grogu can use the Force to decide his own fate. She also gives the spear to the Mandalorian. So that's the basic rundown.
1: I I, want to get out of the way a couple things that I, I didn't like about the episode, real quick, mm-hmm. so so that that we can we can get we can get into uh, uh, what we. Well, like. before you get into that, can but, I tell
0: you what I didn't like first?
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Nothing. I love the whole thing. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple of things. Um, is it a remarkable coincidence that Mandalorian arrives in the one day window that she has given the city to think about her offer? I mean, what was she doing? all like imagine had he come just a day earlier, or a day later? I mean, I don't know, you know, it's just kind of odd that he arrives in that period of time. Maybe he
0: was guided there um, um, in time by the
1: force by destiny, by the mm-hmm. force. Yeah. OK. yeah, I mean it's true that Star Wars, more than more than most stories, I, I involve the biggest coincidences ever. I mean, you know, like uh, R2D2 and C3PO crash land and are bought. By just so happens, coincidentally, Darth Vader's son. I mean, that's pretty. So Star Wars has enormous coincidences um, that are just ridiculous, considering that it's you know a huge galaxy. But yeah, he he arrives in that little one day window. Um, you know, especially considering that Bo Katan had said like that this woman was going to be on this planet for a long time, um, or to look for her there, like you know what was she how was she living on this planet before how did you know how did Bo-Katan know she'd be on this planet I think maybe Bo-Katan you know,
0: and Ahsoka Tano have been kept keeping in touch with each other maybe they have somewhat of a they, friendship like, do you
1: think you you think they text
0: yeah maybe why not
1: <laughs> yeah okay all right I guess yeah I guess maybe so you
0: didn't like the coincidence okay what else
1: no no, no yeah, yeah um uh the other thing is there's, there's a logical leap between um, taking care of the child and training the child, okay? Mando is concerned with the child's well-being, and there is a logical leap to him, you need to train this kid. No. Like, first of all, where did that come from? She just needs to, like, you don't need to train him, but can you at least, like, you know, look after this guy? is is all he really wanted but it jumps to you need to train him which is weird you know mm-hmm. cuz why, why should Mandalore, why should mando care if, if grogu can lift rocks with his mind he just wants the guy he just wants the kid to you know have a good life you know be protected be safe you know pretty much drink bone drink bone broth and you know stuff like I that. I do
0: agree that's kind of so. weird like ahsoka could have just given him the excuse that her mission is too dangerous to keep a padawan around Sure,
1: absolutely. Especially one like, so I young
0: have... who can't like freely like jump around right. and stuff.
1: Like I'm like the Empire is after me. The very people that are looking to take all of his blood out of his body and do strange research on him. I am the last person that should be taking care of him. But instead they pull all the they pull all the Empire Strikes Back Yoda stuff nearly line for line as her excuse. You know, and I mean, I guess it's not only Yoda, but it's also uh, Qui-Gon. You well, know.
0: you finally got what you wanted. Um, you, you you always mm. complain that no one in the galaxy have ever has ever seen Yoda or met Yoda, but we finally have a person who has met Yoda. Ahsoka has met Yoda several times in the Clone Wars television series, and she even references him. Not only that, but she also yeah. references um, Anakin, not by name, but as one yes. of their best yeah. who turned to the dark Implicated. side. So
1: she's never met Yaddle. She's never met the Jedi The Jedi. Council? i don't know what happened to yaddle
0: but this episode has a lot of implications for the whole like series not just mandalorian but all of star wars as a whole um yeah. first and foremost let's start with the the one thing that made me like literally go Oh, because Ahsoka appearing in this episode was kind of like expected, you know, even before season two mm. came out, we had rumors that Rosario Dawson was going to play Ahsoka, Ahsoka's going to come, blah, blah, blah. We even had rumors of an Ahsoka Tano series for Disney Plus before season two premiered. Um, huh. I expected it. Plus, I made the mistake of going on Twitter and it was trending and someone I followed shared a picture of Ahsoka. So that was spoiled. What wasn't spoiled was Grand Admiral Thrawn. I would argue in Star Wars the top 3 biggest threats in order Palpatine number 1 Vader number mm. 2 Thrawn number 3 Thrawn is not mm. a force user you know who Thrawn is right
1: Yes yeah, uh, I mean I've read the th- I've read the um the Zon trilogy or some people call it the Thrawn trilogy Right and for the people who haven't, like, he's he's not a Force user.
0: He's not a Sith. He's just, like, an alien guy who has blue skin and glowing red eyes. But what makes him yeah. so menacing and such a threat is that he's incredibly intelligent and very strategic. Very strategic.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because the the um, the Zahn Thrawn trilogy, uh, people are kind of mixed about that trilogy. Some people really love it. Some people think it's it's kind of poorly written. Um, with a lot of uh, just ridiculous uh, aspects to it, like creatures that can repel the force and, and you know a clone made of, of Luke Skywalker's severed hand and all sorts of weird stuff. There's all sorts of weird stuff. But the thing that everyone can kind of agree on um, is that the character of Grand, Ad- Grand Admiral Thrawn is the best part of the book. He is the most interesting part of the book. That every other scene that involves someone from, you know, the Star Wars universe is, is whatever. And then you're just waiting to get back to scenes with, with Thrawn because he, he's intelligent and ruthless and kind of funny. And um, while everybody else in the Thrawn, I mean, in my opinion, Timothy Zahn is not the greatest writer, uh, but I do think that he writes Thrawn as a great character. And so, what came out of that is everybody's love of this one character, right? Like of, of Thrawn. You know, I mean, you probably you probably disagree and think that the the the, the Zahn trilogy is is better than that. But. Um,
0: honestly, it was okay. Like, every, I feel like everybody has nostalgia goggles when they when they talk about it. I, I wouldn't say it's bad, yeah. but it, it, it was okay. Um, the the thing about Thrawn that I really like is that finally we have a threat in the Star Wars universe that doesn't need the Force to fuck you up.
1: Yeah. This is, this is, I think, what I liked about Thrawn, because I liked Thrawn as well. And so my big problem with most of the the Star Wars books is that certain characters have plot armor, so there's no stakes. Like, I know that Luke Skywalker isn't going to die. I know Han Solo isn't going to die. I know Chewbacca is not going to die until they did that one book where they killed Chewbacca. Um, I, know, I know Leia's not going to die. I know R2 and c 3 P are not going to die. I know Lando's not going to die. And so anytime they're in a scene, you know, what are the stakes? And so it was, it's really hard to have a a um a nemesis who I thought was was worthy, uh, who could take them out, who would who would be a threat to them because they're so impervious because of plot armor. And Thrawn, you know, approached that. Um, you know, you really thought, oh, this is this is a uh an intelligent, you know, great character who can, who can possibly win. Though, you know, obviously he's up against the gang, and he's not going to win. But, um, so I th- I thought that that one character was really well done, and I think that's you know what most people bring out, come out of it with. And has Thrawn appeared? I know he's appeared in some video games. Has he appeared in any other Star Trek lore? Star Trek lore. I mean, Star Wars lore. Star Trek lore. Yes. Has he appeared in... uh, Has Jean-Luc Picard gone up against Star Wars lore?
0: Uh, I don't... I don't don't remember. Like,
1: did he appear in any of the cartoons? So,
0: Thrawn is originally from the Legends canon before Disney bought, uh, bought Star Wars. After Disney bought Star Wars, Thrawn actually makes a reappearance in the now new canon... Um, In Star Wars Rebels, the Star Wars show Ah. for for Disney, and it was very kiddie. And uh, he's actually the final antagonist that the the main characters in Star Wars Rebels take on. And he's somewhat defeated, kind of, maybe. So the last time we see Thrawn is, like, a couple years before New Hope. And he's trying to take out the Rebel Alliance stationed on Lothal. And the way the main character, Ezra Bridger, takes him out is he goes up to Thrawn's ship. And he summons space whales that can light speed, And the whales have tentacles, and the tentacles wrap around Thrawn's ship. And it takes both Ezra and Thrawn into somewhere nobody knows. That was like a couple years before a New Hope. The very last episode of that show, time skips right after the Empire's defeat at Endor. Ahsoka and one of their friends Sabine, another Mandalorian, is... Going to go on a journey to look for Ezra. That's why I was so excited is that we finally might get a chance to find out what the fuck happened to Ezra. Because that's what Ahsoka's main mission is after Return of the Jedi. To find out where mm. Ezra is. Because where Ezra is, maybe Thrawn is there too.
1: So so Th- Thrawn was, was made into real canon. Yes.
0: By the, Re- by the Rebels, show. Nothing was different okay. from him. The only thing that I would say is a little different is that he had the TIE Defender program. I don't remember if he had yeah. that originally, but...
1: I, I remember playing a video game later. I mean, the, the uh, was the old TIE Fighter video game involved? Thrawn appears briefly in that, but this is way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess those take place during the... Uh, during like the Empire Strikes Back period or something around there, you know, in the middle of the, in the middle of the rebellion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happened, you know, where's Thrawn? How, you know, how, how did he survive all of this kind of stuff from the events of of rebels? Well, um, that's interesting. That there's a time skip. Past all of the uh, the events. Well, you
0: kinda have to like explain where the hell Thrawn was. In the original Legends canon, I think the Emperor had Thrawn go off into Unknown Regions and explore. That's why he was gone for most of the original trilogy. In the new canon, the reason Thrawn is gone from the original trilogy is because he's lost somewhere in wherever the fuck the whales took him and Ezra. Um, the fact that he's appeared he's he's name-dropped now, and that this woman, Morgan Elsbeth, is supposedly working for him. Uh, ahsoka tells us that morgan elsbeth was a huge part of making you know the imperial navy or had a hand in it and Mm. if she's an associate of Thrawn, that means she's probably doing the same thing for him so he's out there somewhere gathering his forces yeah now this means that we have four now four was three now it's four potential imperials running around groups of imperials you have palpatine and exegol with the final order you have the first order in unknown regions You have the warlords in the known galaxy vying and running around like Gideon, and now you have Thrawn, if he's even still on the Imperial side. Because You don't
1: think they're gonna like have Thrawn and Gideon be working together? No, 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 no.
0: Gideon is Mandalorian's main villain. I think Thrawn will be the villain for the Ahsoka series.
1: Oh, you think there's gonna be they're they're gonna do the spin-off and um and and Thrawn will be part of that. Pretty much,
0: I I I, I can almost guarantee it because Thrawn cannot yeah. be like Mando's villain. He does not fuck around. Like he will destroy Mando. You got to have someone like Ahsoka yeah. take him
1: on. So so regarding Thrawn, Thrawn is um so in the canon. I know there's kind of a or not in the canon in the extended universe. There's kind of this idea that the Empire is human centric. Um, and that, uh, cause if you look at Return of the Jedi, right, they have a band of fish people and floppy face people, and they're all part of the rebellion, mm-hmm. right? So the, so the rebellion seems multi-species, multi-ethnic, while the empire seems to be a bunch of, you know, stuffy old British guys. Um, Thrawn is always this exception to that. Because Thrawn has blue skin and red eyes. He's clearly not a human uh, a species. And of course there's there's actually tons of I mean, in the original Star Wars, there's that that empire agent with with the the elephant nose who's following Mosquito uh, Man around Luke. I mean he has he's got the voice of a mosquito, but he's like purple with a with a trunk um he's he's like he has a cloak and he like follows around i guess maybe is is it mosquito man is that his name i have no fucking idea but there's a character named yak
0: face so fuck it mosquito guy fuck it he looks like a mosquito to me you know
1: what i mean they might have named him that now that i'm thinking they might think his his um his his uh elephant snout looks more like a mosquito snout i don't know Garindan? Anyway, he works for the Empire and he's, he's an alien. But there, I do know that in the extended universe they're toying around with this idea that, that the Empire is human-centric and didn't, didn't really care about these other species. But Thrawn goes against this idea. Thrawn is saying that actually the Empire does have uh, many species working for it, which makes a lot more sense frankly
0: actually I, I think the new canon like still has that whole thing that the empire is only human centric and thrawn is the exception because of his like amazing mind i think they're still mm. going with that it's not confirmed but i think that's and by the way to the audience we've been talking about this one character for like eight minutes straight he's that <laughs> insanely important he's literally like one of the craziest characters like in star wars ever from from top to bottom like in terms of threat once again it's like palpatine darth vader thrawn
1: and then, and then the Knights of Ren. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please, uh, the other thing that I will say I liked about this episode is that we get to see Ahsoka. Now we've only ever seen her as like a somewhat of a CGI cartoon character, but translated yeah. on screen, I thought Rosario Dawson was gonna look very like ridiculous. No, she she looks great. Oh my god! No, she she
1: she looked really great. I I felt that they made her one of the choices that they made, which I think worked was. Um, her makeup looked more like war paint than it did, say the the actual her actual skin tone. And I think it I think it looked fine as like war paint. Um, there was only a couple moments where her tentacles kind of like plopped around like they were made of styrofoam, but they look like for they're the made most... of styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> for the <laughs> most part, <laughs> for the most part, you know, she looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent unduly a lot of time trying to make her look like a badass you know so many moments of her like it being dark and her coming out of darkness with two blades and killing somebody and then another you know badass scene badass scene badass scene you know they spent a lot of time trying to make her into a badass i guess if if they're really trying to do this spin-off series i I can understand that
0: Mm. And I gotta say, it worked. Her being a badass, completely, like, in, in, in the Clone Wars, where we see her fight, I never liked Clone Wars lightsaber fighting, because it, it almost seemed like, like, anime-ish style levels of like fighting each other like like really fast is like very fast fluid stuff and a lot of exaggeration and they kind of brought that into live action and it kind of works watching her like do all these flips and like the way she slashes at those guys and like you know it's all flashy and there's a rhythm to it it works for this character and it looks super fucking cool it looks so cool her her garb looks really cool on
1: her The like you know just Ah, for, for a moment, I was wondering like, would they kill off Ahsoka? Like for a moment, when, when she was in that final fight, cause I'm like, cause they need to, they need to obviously have Mando continue on with baby gro gro um, And so, so so I was like, would they actually kill off Ahsoka right here? That would be a surprise. I, I, I like thought about it for a second, but then I was like, nah.
0: You've Been watching yeah. Game of Thrones too much. who was writing this who's I writing this? George R. R. Martin? Nah. You're crazy. Right,
1: but wouldn't you I mean, did you think about that? No. Like had they uh, I mean it would have been something, right? I'd have been like, whoa, <laughs> they killed her off. This now, didn't you say that um at one like when they when they introduced this character way back in the day? fans didn't like her and everybody then...
0: hated the shit out of her because she was a kid and anakin mm. didn't need a fucking padawan he wasn't even a master like only masters have padawans everybody fucking hated the shit out of this character nobody liked her um she was very arrogant very annoying she called anakin annie like it was really annoying and dumb um or or she uh no what she called him she called him was it was that Annie? Who fucking cares? She was just, nobody liked her. Now she's like the mo, one of the most beloved characters ever. Everybody loves Ahsoka.
1: You know, someone um, George Lucas himself was talking about like uh, they were talking about the, the the backlash on Jar Jar, and he's like, this happens every movie. Like he's like during the first movie there was backlash against R2D2 and C3PO. That man, the movie would be so great if they didn't have this stupid bumbling comic relief characters and then they did the same thing about yoda oh my gosh the stupid muppet in the middle of star wars this doesn't fit you know and then they did it for the ewoks of course the ewoks do suck everybody still hates (laughs) them after 40 years (laughs) but yeah and people are i mean i would say the people the hatred for jar jar has certainly diminished uh but he's still not liked you know so it's 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 funny seeing the 180 on her that
0: now everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Ahsoka. It's everybody's favorite character, and she grow she grows on you. Like over time, she does have character growth. That's the one thing I will say. Dave Filoni did very well with Clone Wars. Is you know these characters grow, and she is actually not a Jedi at one point in the Clone Wars. She's framed for this attack, and you know the Jedi Order like wants to bring her in and question her, and she's trying to prove her innocence the entire time. And eventually, she does get her innocence proven. It was one of her friends, her Jedi friends, who was like this dark sider, you know, turned against the Jedi Order, and she kind of leaves the Order because she because she, she becomes disillusioned with it, which I understand.
1: But um, she is—is is this why she survives Order sixty six? What sixty
0: six? Yes, this is exactly why okay. she survives it and why um, she just kind of is doing her own thing, like a gray Jedi, if you will. Um, the other thing, so so. Major things in this episode, Ahsoka finally appearing, we finally figure out what's been going on with her post-Star Wars Rebels, post-Endor, Thrawn is still a thing out there that needs to be dealt with, and we finally get more info on Baby Yoda. I hate the new name. I think they should (laughs) have kept it ambiguous, I think they should have just kept it hidden until like the last episode of the entire show.
1: Yeah. Grogu? Grogu? Hmm i'm all right i mean it's interesting he can't even talk and yet he's got he's got a name i mean i guess i mean i guess my son can't talk and responds to his name but um (laughs) but uh you know he's he's not being trained i find it fucking insane (laughs) that this kid is like 50
0: and he still can't talk but he was being trained which makes sense like you know we saw younglings at the temple and yoda was training them but there's still a lot of questions that haven't been answered. So, uh, apparently, the Baby Yoda... I'm calling it Baby Yoda. I'm not calling it fucking Grogu. That's a ridiculous name. Apparently, Baby Yoda (sighs) told Ahsoka through, like, the Force that all he can remember is training at the temple, and then he was taken from the temple by somebody, and then darkness. Uh, Somehow, he had to have ended up at this, like, weird location that we find him in in episode one of season one, because remember he was in that mm-hmm. little like like area, that little like Hamlet mansion area, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so for some reason he's there, and for some reason he was taken by those weird alien mercenaries that Mando and IG Eleven had to knock out. So
1: yeah, um, I'm tra- I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out his age and whether or not it makes sense. You know, like okay, so. If he, is, do you think he's, like, the equivalent of being, like, two, you know, in, in human years? I think so, Yoda was, like,
0: 700 or 800, so
1: maybe th- two, three, maybe? So, I mean, so if Yoda if Yoda is dying of old age at 700, say, say you know, that he lives ten times longer than human beings, that would make, um, if he's about the equivalent of two, let's say he's pushing it. Let's say he's three then he, he could be alive 20 30 years. I guess that means he was started his training and cuz Mando is is oh crap. No, cuz the Jedi temple is just, I mean the, the Anakin deals with the Jedi like and kills all the 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 children like 20 years before the Battle of Yavin, right? So I guess we have to we have to assume that he's like 5 something like around that. 50 around 50 years old 40 or at least 40 so he's got to be like four mm. yeah, he should totally be talking <laughs> <laughs> maybe he doesn't talk because he had some sort of trauma and abuse i mean he's he's, he's not really a baby he should be more like a toddler? toddler yeah yeah toddler you know young kid uh yoda oh i'm sorry what else did you not like about the episode Oh, that was, uh, the, that was the two thi- I I went through the, you know, I thought the coincidence was a bit much and I thought that the the logic jump from you need to train him came out of nowhere mm-hmm. when it was like, you need to care for this kid, not train him.
0: By the way, um, real quick, for any Clone Wars fans wondering where the hell um Ahsoka's owl was, if you go back and watch the episode, it should be around the 15-minute mark, 15, 25-second mark. Um, so, yeah, so... This was another main main mission for the Mandalorian. He went and found the Jedi, <clears throat> tried to reunite the Jedi, uh, the baby with his people, um, not quite his people. And Ahsoka wouldn't take him. I agree with you. I thought the the leaps and bounds with the whole like you know train and take care of the kid or were, were a little eh. If I was them, I would have written it to where she has a dangerous mission and she can't take the baby with her. Plus, it has an attachment to Mando, so he should stay with it. Um. Now all Mando has to do is go to the planet <clears throat> Tython, where in the original Legends Star Wars thing, Tython is where a bunch of scientists and philosophers and, you know, politicians and whoever else, all the important people in the galaxy, gathered to to discover the Force. So it was on the planet Tython where it all began. And that's where Mando has to go. And uh, fuck, man, like he's going so far
1: into Star Wars lore. Right. I mean, this is this whole season has just been about Star Wars lore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that like we're dealing with with Boba Fett and Thrawn and Ahsoka and maybe Bo Katan, Bo Katan and, and, and
0: Yoda's species, the the guild.
1: Yeah, like all you know, all of this in this like by comparison, first season, nothing happened. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Man, this whole thing, I've. I, Sometime I need. Sometime I'll tell you the story of um, when when I lived in Egypt. Uh, a woman in my running club had a baby uh, dropped on her doorstep, just like in a um, in a, a cartoon. In, you know, just like in a cartoon. And you know, I think about those feelings that she must have been feeling at the same time as as Mando, like and the kid, um, and 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 because she also like tried to. Um, give up this child, mm-hmm. and and it was just so difficult that eventually she ended up um, adopting it. But it was very, it was very, very weird situation. But you know, she she, uh, I might as well tell it really quick. This woman, this woman <laughs> in my running club, like she finds this baby on her doorstep, mm-hmm. just like and she goes to the authorities in Egypt. I mean, this is where we're living in Cairo, and they're and they're like, okay, um, you can you can give it to an orphanage but you have to pay the orphanage all of the money that it would take to raise it up until the age of 18. Oh Jesus. Right. And of course this is Egypt so like you're like that money's going to go into somebody's pocket like it's not even going to be used for her to go all the way up. So I mean for the age of 18. So that's just that's just ridiculous, right? So she doesn't know what to do and she's like okay, fine. You know what? Now after a few weeks of bureaucracy she gets to the point, she gets attached, and she's just like, you know what, I, I'm going to adopt this, this, this child. And they told her, you know, so adoption isn't really a thing in the Middle East. Um, you're not allowed to adopt um, uh, under law. You can be somebody's benefactor, but you can't, you can't, they can't become officially part of your family. And so they're like, no, that's, you can't really do that. Um, and so she's like, oh, God, like, I don't know what to do. And then finally they call some some dude calls her up and they're like, OK, if you give us this amount of money, you, you know, we'll allow you to leave the country immediately with the child and you can never return. Whoa, what? And so she, so she's like, OK. And so one day she didn't show up to running club and we're just like, what? She went back to London. Like, that's all she could do. Yeah. They gave, they gave her all the documents. She, she gave them the money. They gave her the documents. And she went to London. That was it.
0: Do you still keep in touch with this person?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, she was she was more of an acquaintance. Mm. But uh, she was much older. She was actually in her 60s. Um, uh, it was like a running walking club. It was called the Hash House Harriers. But, uh, you know, some people walk and some people run. And, you know, so she was one of the walkers. And, and you know, it was just this crazy story. But I just think about, like... Like, every time Mando, like, is trying to, like, go through all of this to, to find somebody to take care of the kid and then realizes that, like, the world is not set up to actually take care of children well that don't have families and that, like, the best you can do is to do it yourself. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Which is, which is what Mando is facing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,, um,
0: so overall, what did you think of the episode? because we did get a, get a lot of answers and I'm still
1: wanting more awesomeness because right. I mean I, th- I wonder how much I'm blinded by it because even though you're more of a fanboy than me um, with with the with the rebels and clones and the extended universe, like you know I, I do wonder about the, the episode on its own merits. like I thought the atmosphere was great. I thought the characters were okay. I don't know why that guy at the end decided to kill Mando when he was putting down his rifle. (laughs) That was dumb. But, um, and I don't know why, like, one random Chinese guy is elected mayor of the town. I feel like this
0: episode was longer than what they gave us.
1: Yeah. But I thought, you know, just the fact that, like, so many answers came, um, you know, you, you just feel like, you feel like things are going someplace now. You
0: kind of overlook all the little things.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was good.
0: So we get we get more information on Baby Yoda. We get an update on uh, Ahsoka. We get the surprise with Grand Animal Thrawn still being out there, which means Ezra might be out there. Um, and
1: yeah, I still think the best episode of the season is the Tim- Timothy Oliphant episode and the... the
0: first episode of season two.
1: Yeah, I still think that's the best one. Of the really? Season. Just because it's got the most. He's in- got the most interesting characters, and you know, they ha- there's a story in itself and. You know, I I think I like that one the, still the most so far.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'm just fanboying a little too much, but seeing, <laughs> seeing, seeing a character like Ahsoka go from the cartoon to the uh, the live action, I mean, I was never a big Scooby-Doo fan, but I guess this is how some of the Scooby-Doo fans who are really hardcore fans must have felt, seeing Shaggy, Velma, Daphne, and Scooby, and Fred all on the big screen. I mean, pretty freaking cool. Yeah.
1: <sighs> I guess. I don't know if anybody has ever like that, felt that strongly about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> You'd
0: be surprised. You'd be surprised. And you know what? Mandalorian really feels like this is every fanboy's wet dream in a sense because Mando is... I'm going to borrow your Jon Snow thing for a minute here. Mando is the bathroom sign where every fanboy can uh, see themselves (laughs) as the character. And the whole story with baby Yoda and him being a bounty hunter allows the audience and fanboys alike to, to kind of visit all these cool places in the galaxy and meet all these interesting characters that you'd only ever meet in like video games or a book or something, you know, like hell, he even goes to integral places in the series like tattooing. And now he's going to go to Tython and he somewhat meets characters, fans always wanted to see more of like, IG-88, kind of, you know, Boba Fett, kind of, yeah. Ahsoka, and he gets to fight the crate Dragon and all that stuff. I mean,
1: I can I can ask anyone, like, <clears throat> what's your favorite scene from, Re- from Revenge of the Sith? And almost everybody has, like, the same answer, which is Order 66. Like, and you get to see all these different worlds. Mm-hmm. And then the Jedi's being killed on each of those different worlds. Like, all of those different worlds are, like, really fantastic and they're just kind of throwing all of these creative new worlds at you um and so i mando is kind of like that we're going to a different pretty cool exotic setting you know and you get to get to meet you know different weird kind of characters i mean if there were more weird aliens i think you know it, it would be stronger but um there's still enough there's enough weird aliens but imagine had they done it reversed imagine had they started the story at season two and then introduced us to to all the stuff that happened in season one through flashback um you know i think it would have been like paced better you know like i would have felt like the plot was going somewhere you would have died you know we we would have gotten right into it because it's amazing how fast now it's going When season one was so slow plot-wise. I feel as though season one was
0: more experiment than anything. And as soon Mm -hmm. as, like, you know, the people behind the scenes who make the decisions liked it, they probably had the same complaints we did about the story not really moving along. There being way too many self-contained episodes. And I guess the showrunners took that to heart and they gave us, you know, a main plot almost every episode now. Because we've gone episode one, kind of self-contained, kind of moved it along, kind of. Episode two, filler. I would argue filler. Episode three, move the story along. Four, kind of move the story along. Five, move the story along.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember episode two. Have I forgotten? What was episode two?
0: I almost don't want to bring it up because then you're going to go on that rant about the frog.
1: <laughs> oh, oh. oh, I mean, I guess it was the frog. Yeah, you gotta, you got to bring in that frog, which leads you to episode three. You know, you gotta. It was the frog episode. Okay, with the with the ice spider. Yeah. Okay. Still though, I can't. He just. They. Everybody keeps screwing the Mando out of like what they promise him. Like I promise I'll take care of this this kid if you slaughter this entire like <laughs> battalion of people. Okay, slaughter. Sorry. <laughs> like what? I promise I'll lead you to a Jedi if you get me, you know, to this planet. I get you to the planet. Sorry. Go to the bar. Oh, God. <laughs> like,
0: oh. Yeah, no wonder Man- Mando has trust issues. Holy fucking shit. Oh, my God. He's
1: just betrayed constantly, even by his friends. Oh, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I really liked the episode. I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good episode. Um, you have anything more to say about it? No, no, it, it, it was fun. It was a good episode. I I mean, I like the setting. It was mo- it was it was again mostly action, but we got a lot of we got a lot of answers, which is which is pretty neat. And
0: you know, probably next episode, we're probably gonna get a fucking another filler episode, which yeah. Mm. Well,
1: not many episodes left, right? Six, seven, eight, three episodes left. So they gotta get, they gotta at least, you know, get back into, um, Gideon, right? I think we might get Gideon for the last two. I think
0: mm-hmm. next episode will be a more of a chill, laid-back episode where Mando just takes it easy. So If you're
1: gonna have a chilled episode, n- next episode would be the one, mm-hmm.
0: right? Next episode will be definitely the one. Honestly, the one thing that surprised me about this episode is that I didn't expect to see Ahsoka literally the first two minutes, which is where we got her. I expected right. maybe like we'd see a glimpse of her at the very end. Maybe Mando was gonna have some kind of bullshit adventure on this planet, but... The showrunners really took the main criticism of Mando season one to heart, which was, you know, get to the fucking story, less self-contained shit, get to like the they, bottom line. They could
1: have, they could have slow rolled a lot of the, this information, right? Considering that we got his name, like you could have been done an entire episode about finding out baby Yoda's name, right? Right. That could have been a whole episode. And then we would have been like, oh, his name is Grogu. Okay. You know, but, uh, Yeah. And you could have done an, an entire episode with Osoku. And you could have done an entire episode then revealing that Thrawn was the big bad at the end. But they, they packed it all into one. Would you call her Osoku? I don't, I don't know. Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah. Ohsoku? Okay.
0: It reminds me of like what my mom used to call Pokemon, like like Pokeman.
1: <sighs> Pokeman. <laughs> Osaka. <laughs>
0: anyways uh, so overall episode i loved it i can tell that you're like a little eh on it you're not as excited about it as i am but no
1: no no no. i mean because you're big you're bigger fanboy than i am yes you know you're bigger i mean i never watched rebels and clones so you're lucky
0: i i kind of regret watching that fucking shit (laughs) like it's kitty bullshit and then there's maybe like a couple episodes that are fucking awesome like um I will say as much as I dislike Rebels, 95% of it was like kitty garbage. But then you have like mm. those episodes that are really awesome or those scenes that are pretty good. Like when you're, if you're ever bored one time and you want to see how Darth Maul's story ends, look up uh, Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan. I've, I've,
1: yeah, I've, wa- I've watched that. You watch that, watched that? Like that, yeah, that
0: was yeah, so yeah. fucking cool. Like, ugh. Yeah. there's a, there's a clip on YouTube of it. it's like three minutes from Disney Plus for from Disney whatever three minutes so fucking cool. Anyways, I'm sorry we've been talking too much about this. I could tell <laughs> I could tell most of the audience has already like you know slept. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you all next time for more Mandalorian. Have a good one.